Cloud. Good morning, Jim. Morning, Jay. All right, so the Minnesota Wild, who were rolling for a while there, uh, they've had a couple of setbacks, back-to-back losses, including a 6-1 defeat last night. Um, sounds like John Hines wasn't too happy with them either. He shouldn't have been. Uh, the Carolina lost. They just didn't score enough goals. They actually played pretty well uh, and just played one of those close hockey games that comes down to a bounce or two. Uh, last night was pathetic. They scored the first goal of the game against a good team that they have to beat to catch, and then they just folded. Uh, they just they weren't physical. They weren't physical in front of the net. Uh, they got worn down by Nashville's size. They didn't play with speed and skill they need to offset Nashville being a bigger, stronger team. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it was Gustafson's fault that they lost the game, but he also didn't, you know, make any spectacular saves that might have stemmed the tide. Just a terrible performance all around. Why is this team, I, I suppose every team probably has these kind of things happen, right? That uh, not everybody's going to go and bring their A effort every game. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think good teams, I mean, listen, one misconception about hockey is the way hockey people talk about hockey is that it's all about effort. It's not just all about effort. Uh, you have some people who can play half speed and score a goal. You have other people who can play full out and not really contribute much. It's not just effort. It's a skill game. It's also you get rewarded for skill and for scoring goals. Uh, but this team, the problem with this team is when they're bad, they look pathetic. Uh, when they had a terrible stretch, they got uh, their first coach fired. Then they had a second terrible stretch under Hines. Uh, and now they're having, you know, again, I'm not going to blame them a lot for effort on the in the Carolina game, but but last night that was terrible. That was just like a we don't really want to go to the playoffs kind of game. Uh, I, I do see. Listen, they 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 need more good players. That's always the first answer when you wonder why a team isn't good enough. But there does seem to be uh, some let up in this team. They they go through stretches or games where they just don't seem to be very very competitive. Jim, uh, some other things going on. Uh, the NFL scouting combine started yesterday. Uh, defensive linemen, linebackers were out there yesterday. Today, you got safeties and tight ends. So you got a couple of former Gophers that are going to be uh, showing up today. And Brevin Span Ford, of course, we care about him. He's a St. Cloud guy, graduated from St. Cloud Tech. Tyler Newbin. Um, I see that Newbin is ranked pretty high. Could he go as high as first or second round? I guess I'd be surprised if he went for. He, listen, he's he's a really good player and he's a really good athlete, and I think he's he's the kind of guy who his college success will translate into NFL success. But I think he can run. I think he's big enough. He can hit. He's smart. Uh, I think he's really good. So I guess I don't expect him to go in the first round. I could see second or third round. Uh, nobody knows. Of course, teams themselves don't even know at this point. Um, and Spanford is probably going to have to do really well in the combine to, to get drafted because he just didn't have a productive senior year. I don't think it was necessarily his fault that he didn't have a productive senior year, but he's going to have to show something in the combine. I think Newbin, um, you know, I think people already kind of know what kind of player he is, and this is just a normal check-in for him. So Spanford probably fifth, sixth, seventh round if he gets drafted. Um and, it, I mean, he's certainly got the size you're looking for. I suppose a good combine, if he ran well, you know, showed well, that that, would, that could help his stock a little bit? Definitely. Um, I think he's a good player, and I think he can catch the ball. He's going to get to catch a lot of balls his last year in college. Again, I don't think that was all his fault. Um, so with his size, if he shows well in drills, if he catches the ball well, if he looks good in things like the shuttle run, um, and it looks like he can block somebody, yeah, I would think uh, you know a, a later round draft pick uh, might be might be spent on him. So, Jim, in regards to the Vikings, if they don't take a quarterback with that first round pick, 
Uh, would they be looking for like edge rusher? Is that a position of need right now? It is. Um, and, you know, once again, we we have the conversation every year because it needs to ha- be heard every year. Um, other than quarterback, listen, if you need a quarterback, you're going to draft a quarterback and then you just have to find the best best way of getting yourself a quarterback in the draft. Every other position, you really have to take the best player available. Unless, now, if, if they want an edge rusher and a cornerback and they're both graded about the same, then you might draft the position you need more. But the biggest mistakes in the draft get made drafting because you need to fill in a position. Because then you draft somebody really, you you elevate their what you think they are, they end up not being as good as they need to be, and then you've spent a high draft pick on a position and not fixed it. Uh, whereas, you know, if you get great players, I mean, you, you'd rather draft a great cornerback than an average edge rusher, and vice versa. So, yeah, the, of course, edge rushers are a premium, and it looks like there might be some good ones available there if they don't go quarterback. But you don't want to pass up on a great player in another position because you think you need an edge rusher. Yeah, it does look like there's a lot of defensive linemen that are expected to go in the top 15. So, uh, And just watching some of the guys perform yesterday, it's amazing how fast some of these guys are. Like 4-5 speed from a defensive lineman, that's insane. Yeah, it, the modern athlete is just something we never really comprehended when you and I were growing up. Uh, we, I, I'd never seen anybody look like Daniel Hunter before I saw Daniel Hunter. I'd never seen anybody look like Adrian Peterson before I saw Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Uh, the size, the speed, the training, the nutrition, understanding of sleep, uh, the, the teams that an agent can put together to help an athlete out, the uh, teams now supporting every good pro f- sports franchise. The modern athlete is just almost incomprehensible in terms of you know skill and speed and strength. Jim, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, isn't expected to go first overall. He's not a quarterback, but he's expected to go in the top five. How good a player can he be? I think he's going to be great. Size, speed, savvy, route running, uh, understanding of the game, ability to make difficult catches, ability to snatch the ball. I mean, I just think he's a plug-and-play guy. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Jefferson, only he's bigger and stronger. Is Chicago in a position to really improve themselves because of all the high draft picks they have? I mean, yes, and they can go. They can go a lot of different ways here. You know, if they love Caleb Williams or whoever they want, and they could just they can just take Caleb Williams and still have the ninth pick in the draft. Trade Justin Fields for maybe a second and a fourth, and they already have some extra draft assets, and just really build a really dynamic young roster. They could. Trade down from one to a team to a place where they can take another quarterback they like, and get uh, you know a windfall for trading the number one pick, or they can stick with Justin Fields, trade the number one pick for just you know other assets, um, and try to build around Justin Fields. Now I think they're going to take Caleb Williams and move forward, but you know they and their 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 for sale sign is out. I mean they they for the right deal anybody would trade anything. So. You know, if somebody absolutely blows them away, who knows what happens? Is Justin Fields a guy who should be a starting quarterback someplace? Yeah. I don't know what his upside is, but he is a talented young guy. Uh, he can make big plays down the field. He can He's one of the best runners in the NFL. Uh, you, would, you would think in the right offense, uh, the right team, the right coaching staff, that he would be a, a valuable player. I don't know if he's going to be ever going to be great, but he's, he's still a dangerous guy. 
Jim, the uh, Twins yesterday uh, had Chris Paddock out there through the first two innings, struck out one, didn't allow any hits. He looked really good. I know spring training is what it is, but uh, he's a guy that there's there's uh, some buzz around. Um, do you really like Paddock? Uh, well, I mean, yes. Uh, very hard worker, uh, very coachable, lots of velocity, lots of spin, high spin rate. And then what we saw at the end of last year was almost unhittable. So if he can translate... Uh, that kind of dominant stuff into five, six inning outings, uh, he could have a very nice season for this team. And, you know, if you have Buxton out there a lot, uh, your defense is going to be better than it was last year. Uh, this team should score more runs than it did last year. And the bullpen should be even better than it was last year. If you're a starting pitcher who, with his, that kind of stuff, you could have a really nice season. Jim, should the requirement that a starting pitcher throw five innings to be to qualify for a win, should that still be there? I don't think so. I just think games changed too much. It used to be, used to be pitchers were embarrassed to pitch five innings and managers didn't want to take somebody out after five innings unless they were getting hammered. Games have changed now. So, you know, listen, if the starting pitcher goes four and two thirds and no reliever goes more than an inning, then why wouldn't you give the win to the guy who pitched most of the innings? Makes perfect sense. Uh, Timberwolves, uh, with uh, a couple of uh, important home games. Uh, they take on Sacramento tonight, and then they got the Clippers at home on Sunday. Your thoughts on uh, those two matchups? Yep, Wolves go into the weekend with a one-game lead over Oklahoma City, four games over the Clippers, who just blew a fourth-quarter lead against the Lakers and have Paul George kind of banged up. So Friday night against Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento, this is a good matchup for the Wolves uh, because the Wolves play defense and Sacramento doesn't. So Sacramento's got to play very efficiently offensively to beat you, to beat a good team. And, you know, they have to play really efficiently against the best defense in the NBA. So, um, you know, if the Wolves play well tonight, they should win. Sunday, fascinating matchup. The Clippers have been excellent for a couple of months now. Uh, and there are four games behind the Wolves. It's a big game for the Clippers if they have any aspirations of winning the number one seed. Big game for the Wolves because it's a chance to really bury the Clippers in the standings and set a precedent they can really handle this team because they handled them last time out. Um, and Clippers are really good. They've been playing great. But I, this is a, another team I think the Wolves match up well with because they have so many good, good strong, on-the-ball wing defenders who can match up with Harden and uh, Kawhi and, and Paul George. Jim, the Gopher men's basketball team, they got Penn State at home on Saturday. That's a must-win, right? Yes. Uh, this will be a big ba basketball weekend for me. I'll be at the Penn State game Saturday. I'll be at the Wolves game on Sunday. Uh, it's you know now, now we're at the point where you can really mathematically say must-win. They need to win against Penn State. They win to, need to win their other home game. They need to win at Northwestern. They need to look good in the uh, Big Ten tournament. And, you know, if it doesn't happen, I still think the season is still a major step forward for the program. But, of course, that's got to be the goal right now. Jim, your thoughts on Caitlin Clark saying she's going to the WNBA? Uh, you know, I'd be happy for her, whatever she chose. Um, she obviously could have stayed in college and been a, a superhero and, you know, extended her records and made a lot of NIL money, but she's going to be fine. She is. She's established herself as a great athlete at a time when we're finally treating women's sports the way they should be treated. I think advertisers have figured out that, you know, having somebody like Caitlin Clark on your side is a good thing. She's going to do great with endorsements. Uh, she's going to be great for the league. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a – and the Lynx kind of decided never to really shut down and try not to compete, so they haven't been eligible for one of those top picks uh, that might land somebody like Caitlin Clark or Paige Beckers. But, 
you know, um, I would love to, I would love it if somehow either Beckers or Caitlin Clark wound up with the links. I just think it would be great for Midwestern basketball. And one last one, uh, Viking running back, um, Alexander Madison. Yeah, he's been informed he's going to be cut. Uh, your thoughts? He had a terrible year. He really did. He, uh, he His fumbles and drops cost him a couple of games early. Uh, he didn't, he just didn't look very explosive. He had a couple of, he had a few good games, you know, but it, it, he, he did not establish that he's worth spending money on. Um, and there are a lot of great backs on the, going to be on the market here. Um, so I could see, I, I, my guess is they're going to try to pair Ty Chandler with, you know, maybe a veteran running back who's something of a bargain or they can draft, you know, running back too. Uh, but you know, they save about three million in cap space there. If they can get the cousins and Justin Justin Jefferson's deal done, deals done the way they want, they're going to have a lot of cap space. The cap is being increased by whatever ten fifteen million dollars. So I think the Vikings actually might spend some money on a running back this this uh, off season. All right, Jim, what do you got in your podcasts? Uh, good chin music with Roy and Lavelle is up. That's at talknorth.com or on your favorite podcast app. Preps today with John Millay is up, um, and everything's at talknorth.com and. Uh, and we will start up the cycle early next week with uh, another Dawn of Sports with Don Mitchell from Fox 9. Excellent. Very good. Jim, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Thanks, Jay. It's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune Sports Columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column in the Star Tribune or his podcast at talknorth.com. Jim, once again, today is brought to you by the Green Mill in downtown St. Cloud. It is 730. We're at 36 degrees. Headed for a high today of 55, mainly clear. Uh, winds out of the south, 10 to 20 miles an hour. Tonight, low down to 35, partly cloudy. 57, the high tomorrow, cloudy skies. 64, the high on Sunday. Do have a chance of some scattered rain showers. And uh, winds out of the south, 15 to 20 miles an hour on Sunday. 36 degrees now at WJON. Time for news from ABC. ABC News, I'm Brian Clark. Presumed contenders in the fight for the White House were both at the U.S.-Mexico border on Thursday. ABC's Jim Ryan was in Brownsville and said there were supporters and critics of both President Biden and former President Trump. Allie Schmidt would have voted for Biden, except that... Joe Biden has been enabling genocide in Gaza. In Eagle Pass, Jesse Fuentes is furious about Governor Greg Abbott's heavy-handed approach to the border. This unwanted militarization of our community is unwelcome. But just what Donald Trump says is needed. In Washington, Congress approved another stopgap funding measure averting a government shutdown. Firefighters in the Texas panhandle trying to contain the largest wildfire in the state's history. It's just 3% contained, blamed for at least two deaths. In Russia, thousands turned out for Alexei Navalny's funeral two weeks after the opposition leader died in a penal colony. This is ABC News.